Welcome to this week's episode of the My Mysterious Bible Podcast. I am Michael Norton, and I will be your host. This week, we will examine Jacob wrestling with God in Genesis 32. How can a man literally wrestle with God? Let us begin by setting the stage. Jacob is living in fear of his elder brother Esau. Back in Genesis 25, Esau sells his firstborn birthright to Jacob for a meal. So we're going to back up to Genesis 25, 19 through 34 and see how these boys came to be. Beginning with verse 19, these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's sons. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, of Padam Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah his wife conceived. The children struggled together within her. And she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. Verse 24. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all of his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Verse 29. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now we're going to jump to Genesis 32, verses 1 through 21. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, female servants, I have sent to tell my lord, in order that I may find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you. And there are four hundred men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him, and the flocks and herds and camels, into two camps, thinking, If Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. 
I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mothers with their children. But you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he stayed there that night, and from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother Esau, two hundred female goats and twenty male goats, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty milking camels and their calves, forty cows and ten bulls, twenty female donkeys and ten male donkeys, these he handed over to his servants, every drove by itself, and said to his servants, Pass on ahead of me, and put a space between drove and drove. He instructed the first, When Esau, my brother, meets you, and asks you, To whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my lord Esau. And moreover, he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and third, and all who followed the droves. You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, Moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought, I may appease him with a present that goes ahead of me. And afterward, I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him. And he himself stayed that night in the camp. Now we move on in the chapter to an entirely different event. This is where Jacob wrestles with God. And that'll be verses 22 to 32. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of the joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name is no longer Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called on the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose up upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. I'm going to share what Genesis in the Bible Knowledge Commentary and Exposition of the Scriptures has to say about this encounter. It's a very thorough and yet readable breakdown of what is going on here. Before Jacob entered the land of promise, he was met by God who both crippled him and blessed him. This event was an important turning point in the patriarch's life. To understand the purpose of the account, several features must be noted. First, the wrestling occurred when Jacob was at the threshold of the land of promise. For the Jabbok River 
and Gilead flows into the Jordan River from the eastern frontier. Second, Jacob became and was named Israel. His new name was not merely linked to the narrative, it is explained by it. Third, the account is linked to a place name, Peniel, given by Jacob in response to his being named. Fourth, the story includes a dietary restriction for the people of Israel. This taboo then became a custom in Israel, but was not made part of the Mosaic law. Orthodox Jews still refused to eat the tendon of the hindquarter of animals. The emphasis of the narrative is certainly on the wrestling, but its purpose was the changing of Jacob into Israel. One cannot ignore the context of Jacob's life here. The connection is strengthened by the plays on the names. At the outset, in verses 22 and 24, the name is Jacob, Jacob, the man, Jacob, Jabak, and the place, Yebek, he wrestled, the match. These attract the Hebrew reader's attention immediately because of the similarity of the consonants. The, the Yod, the Y, the Q, and the B. We'll keep it in English, in the words. Before Jacob, Jacob, could cross the Yabak to the land of blessing, he had to wrestle Yabak. He was to try once more to trip up an adversary. For at this point, he was met by someone wishing to have a private encounter with him, and he was forced to fight. Now we'll talk about verses 22 through 25. Before Jacob could cross the Jabbok River, after his family, servants, and possessions, a man attacked him and fought with him. No details of the fight were given, for it was just a preamble to the most important part, the dialogue. Yet, the fight was real and physical. The word, a man, reveals nothing about his identity. But this is fitting, for the man later refused to reveal himself directly. The fact that this match lasted until daybreak is significant, for the darkness symbolized Jacob's situation. Fear and uncertainty seized him. If Jacob had perceived that he was to fight God, he would never have engaged in the fight, let alone have continued all night. On the other hand, the fact that the wrestling lasted till daybreak suggests a long, decisive bout. In fact, the assailant did not defeat Jacob till he resorted to something extraordinary. At last, the assailant touched Jacob so that his hip went out of joint. The point is clear. The assailant gave himself an advantage. Jacob, the deceitful fighter, was crippled by a supernatural blow. In a word, like so many of his rivals, Jacob now encountered someone he could not defeat. Now verses 26 through 29. Nevertheless, though crippled and unable to win, Jacob clung to his assailant for a blessing. Then both the identity of the assailant and the significance of the fight dawned on Jacob. Once he realized who his assailant was, in verse 28, Jacob held on resolutely, pleading for a blessing. It is significant that in response to Jacob's request for a blessing, the man asked, What is your name? When one remembers that in the Old Testament one's name is linked to his nature, the point becomes clear. Jacob's pattern of life had been radically changed. In saying his name, Jacob had to reveal his whole nature. Here, the heel catcher was caught and had to confess his true nature before he could be blessed. The blessing took the form of a new name, Israel. This name probably means God fights, as the popular entomology signifies. The explanation was then given that Jacob had fought with God and with men. It is easy to comprehend his having fought with men. 
but that he fought with God is more difficult to understand. Throughout Jacob's entire life, he had been dragging God's blessings out from under all circumstances for his own use, under his own steam. He was too self-willed and too proud to let the blessing be given to him. So God fights was now his name. This meant first that God chose because of the patriarch's stubbornness and pride to fight against him. Second, it meant that God would fight for Israel. Jacob's new name would remind him and others of this fight in which he had overcome. These words were full of hope to the Israelites. If one could contend successfully with God, he could win the battle with the man. Thus, the name God fights and the explanation that Jacob had overcome obtained the significance of a promise for the nation's forthcoming struggles. Verses 30 and 32. Jacob named the place Peniel, the face of God, because he had seen God face to face and had been spared. As before, he named the place to commemorate the event. However, no one has ever seen God. John 1.18 John 1.18 God had come as close to Jacob as possible. He had laid hands on him. For an explanation of this alleged contradiction, see the comments on Exodus 33, 11, 20, and John 1, 18, which I will probably post on the website and the Facebook group. The idea is not, and yet he was spared, but rather, and his life was spared. He had prayed for deliverance in Genesis 32, 11, using Nasel, save me in English, the same words he would use later, Nasel, spared in verse 30 jacob's prayer for deliverance was answered by god in this face-to-face encounter and blessing when god touched the strongest sinew of a wrestler it shriveled and with it jacob's persistent self-confidence also shriveled his carnal weapons were lame and useless they failed him in his contest with god what he had surmised for the past 20 years now dawned on him He was in the hands of the one against whom it is useless to struggle. After this crippling touch, Jacob's struggle took a new direction. Now crippled in his natural strength, he became bold in faith. Jacob was not the only one whom God encountered in this manner. Moses was met by God when he had not yet complied completely with God's will in Exodus 4.24. Jacob's encounter was at the frontier of the land promised to the seed of Abraham. God, the real proprietor of the land, opposed his entering as Jacob. In his self-will, in his own strength, he could never enter the land. The point of the story for the new nation of Israel that would come from Egypt into the land of promise is clear. Israel's ultimate victory would come not by the usual ways by which nations gain power, but through the power of the divine blessing. Self-sufficiency is incompatible with the work of God in any age. Faith alone overcomes the world. And that concludes this week's episode of My Mysterious Bible Podcast. Hope you were enlightened by it. I hope you were blessed by it. I hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you next week.